When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I didn't know you were into music. Oh, I know you're a DJ, but I've heard your show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I, I like all the bands. I like, I've got a broad taste, you know, from, uh, from the Britpop bands like oh. uh, UB40, Def Leppard. Um, <laughs> right back to classic rock, like uh, Wings. Who's uh, Wings? They're only the band the Beatles could have been. Well, I love the Beatles. Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album, then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. <laughs> well, beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sand and watches the ships that go sail. All right, welcome into the first episode of Shane and Todd's Desert Islands. Uh, of course, me and Todd, we, we talked prior to Christmas about coming up with something new to fill mm. some time and get away from David. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> after uh, pushing it off for a couple months, we finally come up with this. So on a semi-regular basis, me and Todd. Hello, Todd. Hi there. Hi. It's nice to be free of the shackles, isn't I know, it? No, it's it's great. It's, it's great. And we don't have to worry about, you know, being abducted by South American drug lords. So yes. it's, it's it's a good it's a good reprise. <laughs> but uh no, so on a semi-regular basis, we haven't really settled on a schedule just yet, but we're going to bring you our five desert island selections from a, from a different category and we decided to kick it off this week with the the classic barroom mm-hmm. uh go to the the five albums that you would take if you were stuck on a desert island for the, you know, the foreseeable future. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it, it, it you know, we, we, we kind of kicked around. We were looking at a couple different things and then, uh, you know, me drunk on Saturday, I was like, wait, th- this is exactly what we're talking about doing. Oh, Why don't dude. we do this? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I was, uh, you caught me at a time when I was like, I think, um, uh, just, uh, enjoying a, a nice, few gin and tonics and mm. was uh basically making my 2011 ranger side look more and more like current day inter milan so <laughs> here's a here's a here's a pro tip for you um lukaku is a treat so <laughs> not his brother he's a dick yeah um, but you know he's fine a- he's endless fine. fouling potential from that one yes. that was a... <laughs> Fuck's sake. All right, so uh, no, we're just going to get into it. Uh, and, of mm-hmm. course, in usual crow pot fashion, we've solicited uh, your dumbass listener responses to, to the mm-hmm. same question. So we're, we're going to pepper a few of those in here. But, uh, you yeah, know, fuck it, Todd. I'll, 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 I'll be the nice guy. I'll let the Canadian go first so that sure. they apologize for going first. Okay. And uh, so let's, let's just kick it off with yeah. our top five or just uh, – see – Actually, I, I I think there is a little bit more qualification to this for me now. Yes. This is not my top five albums. No, this no, is no, no. five things I would take to a desert island. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you'll see that there's kind of a trend in some of these that they tend to be longer uh, pieces. Um, yes. And I would say in only one case would one of these make my top five albums of all time. Mm-hmm. So Right. Um, so I'm with you on this because I was ever since we talked about it on Saturday, I woke up Sunday with a moment of dread going, Oh God. <laughs> and cause, cause I was sitting there going it, like, okay, exactly. It, it came to me this morning where you said, yes, this is five albums, not the five albums, five albums. Yeah. And I, and I, and I tried to kind of spread the net across different areas of listening that I, that I did when I was, when I was a child. Right. From 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 listening, like from high school, from public school, all the way up to current day. What did I listen to? And I held myself. This was uh, I put in a couple of rules. One rule being I had to listen to the album as an album, like it was beginning to end. It was one of the things that I could just put on knew every song on it. Album. Right. 
Um, I also, and the listener will thank me for this. Um, I am, I implemented a no Devo rule. (laughs) That was was one of the very first questions from a listener. Right. So, because if I did, uh, my first five albums would be anything would be the first five from 78 to 82 with the possible exception of duty now for the future, which is their weakest effort on that run. But (laughs) I have come up with five that kind of span sort of like where I hit in terms of, of listenability, I am going to drop in. This is, this is the list of, of albums, by the way, that would, that would easily replace any one of those on there. Okay. But they're not on this five. They're on other yeah. fives. And if you catch me on another day, I would go, Oh yeah, absolutely. They're in there. Um, kid koala, carpal tunnel syndrome, Sloan's album smeared again, anything by Devo, anything by talking heads, wedding present, bizarro chameleons. What does anything mean? Basically Radiohead, the bends clash, London calling fat boy, slim. You come a long way, baby chemical brothers. That's good planet does the sex pistols. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the sex pistols, the special self-titled BRMC, basically anything from them. REM's reckoning joy division, uh, unknown pleasures, anything by beastie boys, anything by underworld, basically Nirvana, uh, never mind. Anything by Modest Mouse, Revolting Cox, Big Sexy Land, Ministries, Twitch, Skinny Puppies, Bites, and Craftworks Electric Cafe. Those did not make it. <laughs> but I'll start here. All right. Uh, I'm gonna and in, and again in no particular order. I'm gonna start yeah. right here. Um, Public Enemy, Yo Bum Rush the Show. I like where we're going right here. <laughs> uh, it is it is their first album, my first introduction to them. Now, now know this, growing up in Gananoque, Ontario, as I did, um, where uh, at the time I was growing up, Bon Jovi was Elvis. Um, you didn't get a lot of the hippity hop unless it was um, uh, uh, unless it was Fresh Prince. Um <laughs> Uh, the only way that uh, rap really made any sort of an impact is because Re- Run DMC had to flavor it with Aerosmith. So yes. yeah, yeah it's it's kind of funny for the Black History Month assignments that the child is going through. Um, one one of the last days they had like eight musical artists, right? And of course, you know, it's Aretha Franklin and and Stevie Wonder and Louis Armstrong, and you could tell they wanted to do something with hip hop. Yes, but they're also young children so uh-huh. they went with will smith <laughs> right <laughs> i was like oh god <laughs> there's so much You're to right. learn here <laughs> right um yeah the fat boys made more of an impact in Gananoque. yeah yeah than than public enemy kid and play i mean kid yeah <laughs> kid and play another one it's like is that the guy with the hair yes that's the gentleman <laughs> with the hair um so so with this album this was one of the things where um it was it was what it it came about i had i had went to new york city on a on a field trip and when you go to new york there's always sort of like you're just inundated with like a lot of history like i'm always dumbfounded by snl you know like just the how that show works and the environment that it works in and how much work is done in new york around these times and public enemy being in in, in east coast outfit as it was um uh, it was my introduction to Chuck D who I have described as he could make reading a, the label of a Campbell's soup can sound important, his voice <laughs> as such. And then flavor Flav is just, you know, the wild man, hype man. That's, that's that. And then Terminator X is a fantastic scratch DJ. Um, so we would, we, me and my friends would uh, drive my parents, Brown Nissan station wagon blaring. Uh, you're going to get yours out the window. Uh, Turning heads of many people wondering, who are these guys? So that was that was kind of us. So yeah, uh, it, it was one again one of those albums that I just knew kind of back to front. Uh, it it really opened the door for me to hip hop and you know introduced um, you know Beastie Boys and um, EPMD, uh, KRS One, um, sort of all these uh, all these great fantastic. Oh Eric B and Rakim. So 
all these guys is kind of this was my my entry level into meaningful hip hop. So that's what, I, that's I I love I'm picturing you know you you guys in Canada and in the uh, remember the part in the um, Clayton Bigsby sketch where mm-hmm. he pulls up next to the car with the very very white boys. I think blasting. I don't know if it was Public Enemy or Run DMC, right. <laughs> but yes, yeah, <laughs> that that scene. <laughs> yeah, picture me as Michael Bolton in Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not inaccurate. <laughs> so, oh man. All right, so uh, my first one. Uh, this is kind of a throwback for me. Uh, I, you know, I think most of the listeners of the, the Crow Pod I know or know, know by now. Let's try that one again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I play guitar and also, yeah, I can get around on a bass and a mandolin and pretty much anything with strings. Wait um, a second. But, Was that a clue? If you don't know me by now, it's Simply Red. I, Simply I, Red I, is the first <laughs> album. Son oh of a God. bitch. Son of a bitch. Um, no, so I, I, I grew up at a younger age. I played the, the violin and the uh, clarinet. So, you know, it was more classical music uh as, as a youthful shame as opposed to you know once i picked up a guitar and just started listening to black guys play it from the 1950s and 60s so um but my first one is the leonard bernstein conducted version of uh, Mahler's ninth symphony with the uh the, the berlin philharmonic from 1979 Which actually won the Grammy Award. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I, Mahler's mm-hmm. always, always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you listen to like anything that uh, what's this Star Wars motherfucker Jurassic Park guy does, um, oh, uh, John Williams. Yes, John. Uh, there are so many themes that are direct lips out of yeah. any of Mahler's ten symphonies, and of course the, the ninth one is his last recorded one. He had one that wasn't. Uh, numbered in there also, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things I can put on anytime, chilling around the house. You know, it's it's a good length. You got about a seventy-five minute production right. in there, and and you know, I can either get some stuff done, or sit on the couch and drink a glass of wine, or vodka, or beer, mm-hmm. or all three in the time that it takes to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, it's just it's it's one of those things that's always resonated with me, and it's something that I've actually stuck with. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout my life, so yep. I uh, I I completely fear uh, uh, feel that. Um, funny you mentioned like the the John Williams like lifting things. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber I think ruined La Boheme for me because one of his songs is a direct lift I think from um, uh, from from one of the. Um, uh, one of the, one of the operas, I'm pretty sure it's La Boheme. And every time I now watch La Boheme, I think, oh my God, this is going to that really shitty song from Phantom. And it's like, <laughs> nope, nope, catch myself, wrong one. So yeah, I uh, it I, I hate it when they when they literally just yank things. Oh no, just straight right. themes. And, mm-hmm. and that's you know some of the worst ones. I, I won't get on Williams too bad for that because usually it's some deeper stuff sure. that he'll pull out. But I mean, there, there's some of these guys doing film scores now that it's just like. You're taking the first fucking two minutes of mm-hmm. a symphony. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come um, on. Here's a here's something, and I am gonna throw back to Devo uh, on this just for a second. Um, if you want to not be able to unhear something for the rest of your life, um, uh, next time you hear Whip It, which if you go to an '80s night is inevitable, um, know that uh, Mark Mothersbaugh when he when he when he wrote that. Um, uh, he he brought it back to the band the the riff that dee 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 um he goes they go that that's kind of familiar and he was on this huge Roy Orbison kick and he was like yeah uh, the the first half of that is pretty woman. <laughs> 
every time you hear it now, you're just going to be going, dun, 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 pretty woman. There we are. The, 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 you know, the, the sampling thing will come in come in handy once we oh, get yes. to the you know, Led Zeppelin portion of this conversation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, fuck. But, uh, yeah, so there we go. I'm always okay. ninth for All me right. to kick it off. So ba- back over to the Canadian. Let's, let's okay. see what we um, and this one I deliberated over a little bit because um, there's so much kind of in this bucket, but I thought of all the things that were similar to that, and I went, this is the one I definitely listened to the most, no question. Uh, and I'm not saying there aren't albums better than that. I mean, this is the one that I listened to of that genre, New Order's Low Life. I, I like this. I like where we're going here. Um, it's, you know, obviously like this was, um, I think it was the, it was either the first or second new order album that I grabbed. Um, it was, uh, if it wasn't, it was power corruption and lies was my first one. And, and, and this one, it just opens with uh, love vigilantes and goes uphill from there. Um, it was the, the, if you, if you were, um, uh, lucky enough to own the cassette, you actually, I believe, got the uh, the additional long extended play of um, uh, the Perfect Kiss, which is yes. by far, I think, it's the song on the album. Like that is it. And if that doesn't, if, if you're wondering, that eh, it's not that that good, um, watch the video for it. Where you just see these navel gazing drunkards um, just you know <laughs> kick around a studio and play a song with one finger, um, but then it builds to uh, Peter Hook doing bass lines. So mm, no, well, see, I, I loved. I mean, because that was what is that? That's their third album, I think, right? Uh, yes. I want to say. I mean, it's right around, and it's like they finally taken everything that they learned from punk and the you know the post punk movement and actually mm-hmm. you know like Talking Heads went through that same transitional yes. period too. And then they find like, okay, now we get it. Like we, we don't just have to do that. (laughs) Right. Um, cause, cause here's the thing. I didn't throw talking heads into this list as, as, uh, as I said before, because they, they were, they were in this bucket and I'm like, well, which one did you listen to a lot? Cause I listened to little creatures a lot. I listened to speaking in tongues a lot. One of my favorite albums is their first one. 77. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, remaining light. Like that's, yeah, yeah. sure. (laughs) There's no question. Um, so like, but with this one, I was just like, yeah, like I listened to this a lot of times. So it, like it got, it got grafted to my soul in hoops of steel. So, yeah. Well, see, that, that was one of the things I was looking at, uh, when I sat down and started making this list, of course, in the pre digital era, mm-hmm. how many copies of these albums did I have to buy? Sure. Because yes. there are multiple, multiple, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, Four of these I've definitely owned at least three copies on CD, not yep. not counting tape or vinyl or anything mm-hmm. else. So no, um, agreed. Yeah, I, you know if if you burn through something that many times, chances are it's going to be on on your list that you brought in here. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, uh, yes, and we will. Y'all you know, throw out to the first one here, Gavin Bridick, of course, a good Crowpod listener and usual mm-hmm. questionnaire. He, he gave us his top five here, and uh, there's uh, I'm all right with this so far. He's got Manic Street Preachers, the Holy Bible. Okay. Okay. Uh, of course, the the eponymous Rage Against the Machine album. Yes. Uh, Gajira Magma. Huh. Uh, the Deftones okay. with White Pony. Okay. And of course, the the one I, I this is one of the ones I think shows up on a lot of people's lists is uh, the the Force Zeppelin album, um, which you can't particularly argue with. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm about to because <laughs> next on my list, and, and this is. As I said, you know, this is not the top five, but this is my favorite album of all time, as I've stated on any number of forums over the years, uh, is Zeppelin's sixth album, Physical Graffiti. Hey, I got to tell you, I want you all. 
uh, released though uh, in early 1975. Uh, but you know, the work on this album goes all the way back to, to Zeppelin three, um, which that you know, down by the seaside was was something that they worked on in the cottage out there and then reworked and reworked. So I mean, the, this this was an album four and a half years in the making. Um, sure. And of course, Zeppelin went through their transition away from uh, you know being directly under the Atlantic umbrella to setting up Swan Song, which which really gave Jimmy the the, the platform to to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this massive spreading double album because you know as he said that they walked into the studio to start work on this, and they already had more than than two sides of a record done. Right. Um, and so it was all right. Well, we're we're going to do a double. And Atlantic was no, no, no. Rock albums won't work like that. And Jimmy said, "Well, fuck you. This one will." Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it really, you know, just from the very start. Of course, you can tell by the time they actually started working on the tracks for Physical Graffiti itself, not not the ones that were the Hangovers. You know, like the Rover, or of course Houses of the Holy, which didn't right. make it onto the fifth album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Custard Pie. Jones is starting to work with a clavinet. You can tell he's been listening to a lot of Stevie Wonder, uh, right. as evidence, of course, with Trampled Underfoot, which is yep. basically the Superstition clavinet riff. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, whenever Superstition comes on, I go, that's the best song ever written. And go, oh, it's your favorite song? <laughs> Not what I said. No. Nope. says the best song ever written. See, that's, uh, Sir Duke's right in there with me, too. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, God. Just, see, not, now I'm questioning the lack of Stevie on my right. list. But... Right. No, you can't. You can't. It is what it is. We locked in. We locked in. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, but and and also, too, I mean, anyway, to me, the best, most complete rock album. Although, of course, it does miss over a lot of the Zeppelin blues stuff. You know, excepting in my time of dying, but that's mm-hmm. that's not really the classic twelve bar uh, kind of stuff that that you'd seen on the earlier albums. But also, for me, without a doubt, Bonham's best drum work overall on this album because not only do you have trampled underfoot and of course mm-hmm. cashmere and in my right. time of dying say. but sick again is to me the best bottom drum track and i will fight every fucking <laughs> one of you to the death. <laughs> <laughs> this like zeppelin for me is like one of those bands that was always there so i never really took the time to 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 get into them and i completely respect them as as the artists that they are um, know this about me. There's a lot of stuff I don't own that I just respect as artists and I just go, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, totally cool. I mean, and so uh, again, Zeppelin was like, like one of those things for me. But when, when you look at something like as, as intricate as cashmere, that's when you go, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, there's something right. You can't <laughs> argue. Um, sick again. Sure. I'll let you fight with the dweebs on that one. I have no, <laughs> I there is zero dog in my fight for that one. So, I, like, you know, and, and you think about something with Cashmere, too. And I was, you know, people always say, well, the Beatles were for the 60s, what Zeppelin was for the 70s. And it's true because they laid the blueprint that all these bands tried to copy but couldn't do as well. You know, Cheap right. Trick or fucking Kansas or Boston or whoever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you got John Paul Jones who, you know, taking a little bit of a hiatus here for the first time right. uh, with the band. And came back and was like, all right, well, we're going to do this, but I'm bringing in some strings from the uh, London Philharmonic to set uh, to set with this riff you got. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. I mean, did one of you order the London Sil- Philharmonic? Possibly <laughs> high. I'm looking at you, Led Zeppelin. That's where that joke came from. God. Well, and, and you know, to throw back to your first pick here, I mean, the, the number of drum samples that have been lifted off of this album. Ooh. Yes. And, and reproduced across hip hop uh-huh. over the past thirty-five years. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there. I, I, I don't. You don't have modern hip hop without John Bonham. <laughs> no, 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 no. And 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 there's uh, great resources online where you can actually track down where the samples come from. And Zeppelin is like all over the place in there. Like there's so many songs that provide baseline for that. Um, one of my favorite things to do is like when you're listening to an old classic rock thing, you go, Oh my God, Beastie Boys used that. Like it was like, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I found like this steel drum um, version of um, Oye Como Va. Right. It was, and, and um, I was listening to it one day and went, Oh my God, the Beastie Boys used that in intergalactic. <laughs> it was just like, it was just this one little riff. of. <laughs> And it's like, oh, shit, that's where they got that. And it's like, oh, look at that. It's, it's like they left you like a little e- Easter egg. 
Yeah. Right. You're just walking around your life that is Animal Crossing. And then suddenly you find this thing with a bow wrapped around. It's like, oh, fun. <laughs> so, yeah. And anybody wants to fight me over Zeppelin lifting stuff again, kiss my ass. I mm-hmm. don't care to listen to it anymore. I mean, it's one of those arguments that I'm just not going to have with people. Okay. Because if you want to start talking about music and who steals what from who, then you might as well not listen to it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the John Williams thing. I'm not going to sit here and hate the star wars soundtrack because it's it's you know come on yeah, which it's is something me. i listen to all the time <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> speaking of which your next one is the okay. star wars. <laughs> so i needed i needed to move into something a little okay here's the thing um i, I wanted to i wanted some representation of of edm and trance and electronic music and uh, the easy option was Kraftwerk, but I wanted to eschew that because, again, which which one do you take? So I kind of took a, 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 a neat approach where I looked at a DJ as an artist themselves. And the original thought was John Digweed's Global Underground number one in Sydney. But I changed it because it hit me in the shower. I was like, no, 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 no. This was one that kind of got you into that. And it was a free tape that came with Select Magazine. On the back of Journey by DJs, which was a compilation series um, that was available, you could actually buy albums and like like a lot of the 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 founding fathers of of DJ culture all had Journeys by DJ sessions. John Digweed had one, I believe. Deep Dish had one. Justin Robinson had uh, two or three in there, and this was the Justin Robinson Select Magazine Journeys by DJ set. thing about this is that it's uh, kind of all over the place in terms of its uh, scope and sampling. Um, there is a Bjork uh, remix by Rabbit in the Moon, which closes off the album, right, start. which is phenomenally great. The bass line that Rabbit in the Moon pulls out of that is fantastic. I believe Plastic Man from Detroit shows up in there, or Windsor, Detroit, uh, also known as uh, Steve Houghton. Um, I believe he's on that. Don't hold me to that. Don't honestly don't. Um, <laughs> don't go look up any of these albums. Don't go look up any, any of, of the content of this episode. Right. Um, <laughs> it is it, like it, it's just like one of those things that that when uh, my my buddy Bill brought it over and brought it to my attention, I was like, well, you're giving me a copy of that. Yeah. And um, it was just it's just wonderful. Like you just you you can't. Um, it's, it's one of those things you could put on to a, um, uh, at a party and people would just listen to it. And like when it comes on there, each side of this cassette was 30 minutes long. So when it comes in the car, just like, here's my next 30 minutes taken care of. And it's just wonderful rolls of beats, great bass. It lapses into trance. There's some lovely progressive house in there. It's wonderful. And it was free with a magazine. This is one of those. This is not my kind of music. I think you know David mm-hmm. would be in the same boat with me right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things that if it's on and I don't notice it, yeah. then I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. one that's so overbearingly fucking annoying that that you know I, I I can't deal with it. And like I'm familiar with with his work, and it's never it's never been offensive to me, which right. is really all I can ask for out of any kind of house music because it's uh-huh. it's just not like you know that Daft Punk. Cut it last week, right? Don't care. Like the yeah. the, the closest <laughs> I ever got to buying a Daft Punk album was when uh, it was on like the FIFA fucking 08 soundtrack, I think, or whatever one it was. I can't even remember now. You and, know, uh, it, it's not my thing. But when it came on, it was like, yeah, okay, I you know I get it. Like it's good. It's just not my shit. <laughs> and uh, it was Plastic Man that I was thinking of. So he is yeah. on here with um um. And sorry, I I also have to um. I have to do a little bit of correction here. It's Humate that came in before Bjork, and the Bjork remix is actually done by Underworld, uh-huh. who show up on this a couple of times. Orbital is on here. Um, uh, Lion Rock 
uh, as another. The Transglobal Underground, Emmanuel Top, uh, closes out the uh, the first side. It's it's really just a great sample of, um, oh, there's a, also 1963 by New Order has a Lion Rock remix, which is indistinguishable cool. of the original. You, there is no, <laughs> so uh, I will send you sort of like the, um, the the link to this because I don't want you to to have to go nuts trying to find yes, this. Yes, so. yes. Find, find me the bumper music for this one. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is production magic, listener. This is how we do this stuff. Well, you know, since, since you went the compilation route, see, I, I felt a little bit guilty about this one at first because I, you know, there's a lot of people that will do these kinds of lists that you talk to at the bar. They're gonna they want to fight, right? Yes. Um, and I never understand that because it's me on the fucking island. You're not there with me. Mm-hmm. Why do you care? You, you know, there, there, there was one listener here, Pauline, who sent in. She had Billy Joel, 52nd Street. Okay. Uh, 10CC, Deceptive Benz. Fucking fantastic album. Okay. Uh, they say Rollers, Wouldn't You Like It. Hmm. A David Cassidy Greatest Hits album. Uh, and can we include greatest hits? See, this this is what I'm saying though. It's it's uh, her shit. Now I have not because that that, that is yeah. the one I will draw the line on. I, I don't I don't do greatest hits. And since we're now a half hour into the show, as you heard at the beginning with the Alan Partridge, the best of the Beatles will not appear on this episode. So. Um, but I did choose a soundtrack, and I had to qualify this because it's not a soundtrack. In the traditional sense of some assholes in post-production stuck some music together to make is, it fit the mood. Is this a mixtape that is the soundtrack to your life? <laughs> no, that's that's still in the, the, Kick the and tape tunes, back of my 87 on cassette. <laughs> I went with the second album from the Blues Brothers Band, which is, of course, the soundtrack to the Blues Brothers movie. Because for me, it, it, it covers so many... Genres of shit that I like. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to that same old place, sweet home, Chicago. And, and it was hard because, again, I mean, you're dealing with five. And obviously, yeah, I want a fucking Spencer Davis album in there. I want an Aretha Franklin album in there. I want mm-hmm. Cab Calloway in there. I want all this shit in there. But you can't do it. So it, it, because this album was, I mean, the, this was a movie filmed around what this music was, right? It, it's it's not the other way. You know, they, right. they had songs. They had artists that they wanted to use. They went... We're going to make a dumbass movie around this based on a bit from Saturday Night Live. And they did it. Right. And and it's what, you know, from start to she caught the Katie, which, of course, the Taj Mahal track. Fantastic kickoff. Um, Aretha in there doing that remix of Think. Uh, you got again, Cab Calloway doing a fantastic rendition of Minnie the Moocher mm-hmm. and laying on all the shit. Uh, the Rawhide theme. Of course. <laughs> just of course. Fucking By the gorgeous. way, think of this. This entire soundtrack, which is kicking like everyone you've mentioned is a great right it came from a sketch yeah it came yeah, from, from a for, snl sketch from, one of the from most coked up guys in the world <laughs> from season one which everyone <laughs> reveres season one of 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 uh, saturday night live let me tell you something there is some wine that turned into vinegar in those bottles okay <laughs> some things did not age well so and I mean, let, let's be, you know, it, I was sitting here fighting with, I need a Chicago thing in here, you know, mm-hmm. and I was looking at Wilco, I mean, a ghost is born or, or sure. Yankee Hotel Fox, right? you know, whatever. I mean, so many other great Chicago bands. And of course, you know, the blues influence of I went down with Robert Cray or Buddy Guy or those kind of people. But I was like, th- this one covers a hell of a lot of bases that I would want stuck on an island for the rest of my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 no. And by and so by the way, I I also had kind of kind of two um, crises of 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 conscience. One being 
how do I not have tragically hip on this list? Because <laughs> I can't pick which goddamn album. If I had to pick one off my head, which would uh, drop out any one of these phantom power, yeah. probably uh, one of their later and really solid trouble. The hen house is another one fully completely is always the one everyone goes to and sure, but no. And if we were going to include soundtracks, train spotting and snatch, like yeah. those are just like two solid back to back. Can't change it. Don't want to amazing, amazing pieces of work. See, and I would too, I, I would add, I'd be willing again to fight somebody to hopefully include the albums that aren't actually on the soundtrack, but I, I you mm-hmm. know, I'd let it go in a pinch, but cause right. you're missing the Sam and Dave classic. Uh, you're missing John Lee Hooker doing boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest writing, I can't turn you loose, which is of course, you know, when they're driving around the mall and fucking, right. you know, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stand with the 11 tracks that actually sure. ended up on the, on the record. And here's and here's the other thing too. A lot of these, uh, in a lot of cases, these things are being like performed as part of the movie. They're not just taken like yeah. Snatcher or or, uh, or Train Spotting. They're not just yanked out of the catalog and thrown onto a disc. Like these are these are performed for that in mind. So oh no, I mean I just like Ray Charles. I don't know. I think she's still got some life in her. <laughs> yep. Comes out from <laughs> yep, 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 closes yep, yep. the windows, sets the gun down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh God, next. Can, yeah, at? can I can I tell you that even as I mentioned the tragically hip and those two soundtracks, I hate this exercise. Can I just say that? I hate <laughs> I hate having to have opinions about things. <laughs> um but I'm standing by it. This is okay, so number two, um this is one that I uh came across when I was um uh watching when I was in the later stages of university. Um they, I ran into them when I was DJing on campus radio for a little bit. Um, they were constantly in uh, college radio play and that sort of thing. It's the new fast automatic daffodils, body, exit, mind. nice crunchy guitar it's got lyrics that don't make a heck of a lot of sense um it's uh melodic uh great bass line fantastic bass line the use of bongos come on and <laughs> it's 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 just all in there and like new feds themselves like they never sort of like um deviated from their their core sound like their um their album previous to this um whose name I'm blanking. I think it's called big mouth or something like that. Um, it's, uh, it, it had, it had bongos and like, you know, it was literally like you could hear producers go, okay, so we're going to record a new album guys goes. Yeah, we're bringing bongos. And they go, okay. Um, 
and it's just it's it's so solid like and to the point where on, on my uh, the the other podcast i do comedy about the pub i wanted to use new fads as music because i just adore their their stuff and i found the lead singer on myspace and messaged him and said, hey, here's a thing. I run a podcast. And, you know, it, this was at the stage when people were going, don't know what that is. Never mind. <laughs> and uh, I said, hey, do you have any problems if I use this one particular song? He goes, hey, you know what? If you wait until April, the entire catalog is uh, is open. So help yourself once April rolls around. Wow. So we did. And so I've now been able to use like two songs and uh, guys. Great. The band's great. Love them to pieces. New fast dominant daffodils. New fads as they're known now. See, you know, like I said, that that would be in that Wilco mark for me. Of like, I really wish I would have included one of those kinds of bands. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, stop, whatever. And I love too because this is one of those exercises that, depending on what you're drinking or what bar you're in mm. or who the fuck you're talking to, or has it been a half hour since I talked about this the last time? You're right. going to come up with a completely different fucking list. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it never stops being an exercise of the psyche. Uh-huh. <laughs> New or a uh, uh, big black song about fucking. Nah. That didn't make it. <laughs> that didn't make it. Could it? Sure. You know. Oh, let's see. Before we get to my next one, Stu. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, going to stream at Hero on Twitter. Another good crow pod listener. He chimed in. He's got the cure disintegration. Yep. Uh, of course, the Stones with Sticky Fingers, mm. Neil Young on the beach, Bob okay. Dylan with, of course, the classic Highway 61 revisited, uh-huh. and the one person who mentioned this group, and I've never, ever, ever been able to get into them, because it's just, I don't get it, the Stone Roses, the, uh, the eponymous album. Sure. I just, uh, I just, I've never gotten the Stone Roses. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I, I get it. There are two types of people in this world. I know where those those, those that like that first Stone Roses. Oh no, it's not. It's not that simple. I can't think of anything funny. It's those that like that album and those that do not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. They're, they're right. It's like you know the same thing with Oasis and people try to do that one with me. It's like I just I don't give a shit. I've tried. I have. But yeah, I mean, me and Dave talk about this all the time. It's like I'm I'm old enough now. Like, I I feel bad when people try to introduce me to something different, thinking, one, it hasn't happened before. Right. Or two, I'm really going to take the time to learn some kind of new music right now. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm past that stage. I'm quite comfortable with yeah. the array of music I have available to me. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, you know, just, again, doing this exercise and given the fact I'm leaving off most of my favorite artists outside oh. of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it is. There's there's no Queen breaking in here. Roy Gallagher's not breaking in here. Eric Clapton isn't breaking in here. Fucking Muddy right. Waters isn't breaking. In, you know, I mean, there, there's uh-huh. there's a lot of shit that ain't gonna make yeah. this. And like, so, so I rest easy in that. What when you tell me, hey, you should listen to this band, and I say, no, no. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's like literally, um, uh, Meryl Streep is walking by, screaming, "My baby, my baby!" And I go, "Will you shut up, lady? I forgot to put on Big Country's The Crossing. I'm sure your kid's fine. Just put a sock in it." Um, yeah. Oh, so with that in mind, you know, branching out here, and I, I because I didn't do Wilco, I felt I felt obliged to to include some slice of Americana and something that 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 I genuinely fucking enjoy and sadly as I just said don't try to get me to listen to new music but I will spend an hour trying to convince you to listen to him is uh, Jerry Jeff Walker's Viva Trilingua well it's cold over here and I swear I wish they'd turn the heat on Where in the world is that English girl I promised I would meet on the third floor And of the whole damn lot The only friend I got Is a smoke and a cheap guitar My mind keeps roaming my heart keeps longing to be home in a Texas bar. I wanna go home with the 
recorded uh, August 18th, 1973. This this was a live recording, actually, at the uh, Lukenbach Dance Hall in uh, Texas. And, and for those not familiar with Jerry Jeff Walker, he, he just passed away recently. Um, very much personified, like, what would be called the Gonzo Country style. Yep. Um, you, okay. you know, that, that we see now is that cross between, you know, like, outlaw rock and blues and, you know, Mexican influences and just all kinds of random shit in there. Because... Mm-hmm. At its core, that's what Texas country music is. You know, it was all these Czech dance halls all across the state, whether it be Green Hall or, again, of course, Lukenbach is, is one where Gary P. Nunn and Jerry Jeff Walker and, and even fucking Jimmy Buffett really got their start. <laughs> um, You're really making this one tough for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll skip the Jimmy Buffett part. But God. No, but, you know, you've got, uh, I mean, you've got Guy Clark, uh, you know, his Desperados waiting for a train is on here. Um, Michael Martin Murphy's Backsliders Wine. Uh, and, of course, Gary P. Nunn, one of my favorite tracks of all time in London Homesick Blues, um, which I played as the bumper here, which I, I just think is the fucking gorgeous piece of songwriting. But then, of course, also paired with the classic Jerry Jeff Walker kind of shit that you would expect, uh, Ray Widely Hubbard's Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Which, if you've ever been to Honky Tonk at uh, some point in your life, you've heard a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I have uh, been to a lot of those weddings. Yes, yes, yes. If you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's that great meme that always goes around the girl with the Confederate dress on, the Confederate flag dress. It says, when you've got prom at seven, but have to marry your brother at eight. Yep. That yep, sort of beautiful. thing. Beautiful. <laughs> um, the, so, so as soon as you said, it's funny you in, in the build up to this, as soon as you said a uh, slice of Americana, my initial thought, and I was like, yep, could have been on this list and it's not a uh, sparkle and fade by Everclear, <laughs> their first album. And, and it's and the reason I, I kind of tie it into Americana is that his, it's got kind of like impoverished yeah. rocker themes, yeah. um, a lot of like, you know, broken home references. Um, they grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Um and you you can just feel the humility in yep. the music, and as they progressed through it, their their follow up album, so much for the afterglow, just amped that up further and gave it a cleaner sound. And then they really got into like Americana, and um, and it was just it, it it just that first album though was just like the great how do you do? We're these people, <laughs> yeah. And and it was and it was that it was like oh okay I'll give you attention, um. Damn. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I I, I felt too. It, it doesn't come across a lot in what we typically talk about, but I do listen to a lot of country. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it was all recorded before 1978. Yes. Right. I mean that that that's just the that's the nature of it. I, I don't. I fuck me if I'm in a bar and some of that new shit comes on. I will if I'm not driving. I'm finding an Uber and I'm going to the next fucking pub. I, I just I I don't understand this crap that the kids listen to. These no, 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 no 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 no. It's They're, awful. Right. It's not country music unless there's a death referenced. No, I I, I think we talked about it last week's crow pod. I mean, if your dog didn't die, your wife didn't leave you, you didn't lose your house, your pickup truck isn't broken down. I mean, it's it's not fucking country music, and you have so much of shit now. I mean, obviously, Taylor Swift is the one that really personifies these crossover. You can't be a country artist and fucking crossover, right? right? I can't hear you on the country station one second, then switch yeah. over to the pop station and hear the exact same fucking shit. It doesn't I, work well. I have the <laughs> same argument that I have with modern country music that I have with Ed Sheeran. Banjo or auto-tune, pick one. Yep. <laughs> That's, that is what you get to use. You do not get to use both. Pick one. And stay in that lane. So I'm sure Ed Sheeran's your last pick here. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, I foreshadowed that one. My God. Uh, In the words of Garen Cockrell from the Never Not Funny podcast, he knows how to control a crowd. Um, (laughs) The, uh, by the way, so I I feel bad that I didn't have a comedic. There are two types of people for Stone Roses. Um, So I'll give you this: there's two types of people in this world: those who hate Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz. Um, (laughs) Bam. The uh, I can't wait for the tweets now. Anyway, um, this one, as soon as we said it was albums, this was the first thing that came to my mind in terms of its recency, in terms of how uh, it was kind of grafted to my soul a little bit. Um, When I first heard them, it was uh, 
uh, on a compilation CD that a buddy of mine loaned me. And they had one track called NYC that was on there um, that I went, oh, my God, this is Joy Division. And I listened to it for two days straight on a loop, not deviating. Like as soon as it was done, I like play it again, put it on repeat. I would just <laughs> put on my headphones and listen to this. Um, if you ever need to go through a divorce, buy this album first. Interpol's <laughs> Turn on the Bright Lights. privilege of being able to see Interpol live several times. And, uh, and uh, you know, they're, they're a, uh, we wear suit bands, uh, which also reminds me the hives are nowhere on here. Fuck. Yeah. But, um, uh, these guys, the, the pounding bass, um, that, that, uh, Carlos gave in the, uh, in the early days of, uh, of Interpol. Um, it, it is like the, the, the hat tip, if not the gracious hug that they give Joy Division for their sound, is immense on this. Um, the 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 voice of both the uh, the musicianship as well as the lyrics uh, are just unrecognizable to anyone else. Like they're just like you. This is Interpol. Like you know when you're listening to an Interpol song, and this album encapsulates it. There isn't one bad track. This is one of the albums that's in my. Um, uh, that's on my phone where it's just everything is a five star rating because I can't be arsed to try and really get into the nitpicky of it. It's just <laughs> there's just not one bad track on it. So in- yeah, I, that that is one of those. See, I like this too because I, th- I think we both cross boundaries that that. Uh, this goes to show me and Todd did not compare notes before this episode. <laughs> Because we do have massively divergent musical tastes, but they still come together in a lot of spots, and, yeah. and this is one of them. Yeah. You mentioned suit bands, and to go with my last one there with Jerry Jeff, there's a man by the name of Junior Brown who, yeah. if, if if you're into the the good country shit at all, mm-hmm. I suggest you look him up because this is a guy who shows up usually in a two or three piece band. They're mm-hmm. all suited and booted. Show up, play their fucking hour set, and then get the fuck off. And he's got he's got a guy as a cocktail drummer who looks like he's about eighty five years old, mm-hmm. um, but he'll also play with any kind of house bands and shit like that. So right. I'll, sl- I'll slide him on in there before we uh, keep sliding on. Uh, let's go back to the listener suggestions here. Of course, Graham came in. I, th- I think he he hit on the. Um, the list that, uh, well, uh, you know, and again, th- this goes this goes back to my point. It, it's your list, right? Mm-hmm. Because people always, you get those guys, oh, I can't believe you you just picked all the easiest albums. Well, who the fuck cares? Because it's right. music. Right. <laughs> like, this, by the way, this list changes tomorrow. Yeah. Right? And this, you know, Graham came in, right? So we got Fleetwood Mac rumors. Okay. Uh, Oasis, definitely, maybe. Nirvana, yeah. never mind. Johnny Cash, Live at Folsom, and The Beatles, Abbey Road. Sure. Uh, you can't fucking argue with any of that. No. <laughs> I mean, no. You know, it, it, but you're going to get that dick at the bars. Oh, haven't you ever listened? Yes, I have. Yeah. I want this, though. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the seventh album that no one has ever heard of or listens yeah. to. Oh, aren't you interesting? Yeah. Aren't cool. you the best? <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Nigel Simpson, 
who um, uh, simply when when the request for fives came out, just went nine and put a clip of Man Machine from Kraftwerk, which also <laughs> which also should be on that list. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to close mine out uh, with another double album. As again, mm-hmm. it, it, as you've noticed here, my 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 list. I mean, um, you know, Jerry Jeff and the Blues Brothers albums are both your standard 43 minute, you know, double sided LP. Right. Um, but I did go with two double albums in here, um, and two two very famous, of course, top top of their, I don't know, top of their genre kind of things. But uh, my last one is London Calling. Beautiful. Elevator going up. In the gleaming corridor of the 51st floor The money can be made if you really want some more Executive decision, a clinical precision Jumping from the windows filled with indecision I can't get a fight from the advertising world Treat me nice, party girl Go cast night, where there isn't any So freeze, man, freeze It's the pause like refreshers in the corridors of power When tough men need a top up long before I have the hour December 14th, 1979, but was according to Rolling Stone, the album of the 80s, um, mm-hmm. which which just goes to show you how bad music was in the 80s, I think. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of these... <sighs> Punk has more of these assholes, I think, than any other genre of music, mm-hmm. right? To where whatever vein of punk is your shit, yeah. everyone else is wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and of course my, my counter has always been the, the message is, is, is what really defines the movement, the, the vehicle, you know, I, I, I don't think matters quite as much. And that's why, I mean, the, the, this album crosses so many different genres, you know, from, I mean, obviously you've got the, the classic straight punk songs and, mm-hmm. um, but you know, harkening back to like the Vince, uh, was it Vince Taylor, the brand new Cadillac is right. in there. Uh, you, you've got reggae influenced shit, you know, mm-hmm. with Paul Simone coming out. I mean, the Guns of Brixton, um, yeah. and Train in Vain, one of the mm-hmm. best pop songs ever written, <laughs> and one of the biggest fakeouts for garbage. <laughs> we all remember where we were when we thought, "Oh, this is the Clash, and it's Stupid Girl." So. <laughs> Um, I love to, you know, this, this again, a point David's brought up before, like when the Sex Pistols went back and did their reunion, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody went, God, this is going to be shit, you know, yes. and they nailed it mm-hmm. and they asked Lydon why, and he said, well, it's the most punk thing that you can do when everybody expects you to be shit, you do it perfect. Right. And I think that's part of the thing for me with London Calling is that, you know, it's, it's, Everybody looks at punk albums as like a 33-minute fucking three-chord, hammer it out and get done. And they went, no, nah, fuck this. We're going to have horn sections and keyboards mm-hmm. and fucking all this other shit. Mm-hmm. We're going to have real songwriting, bridges, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, and uh, not only that, we're going to put it on a fucking double album and make the record company charge the same price as they would for a single yeah. album. And they're yeah. going to do it because at this point, The Clash could do that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, at this point, th- this is when they finally reached that the only band that matters uh moniker yeah that 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 stuck you know and and you have strummer and mick jones i mean mick jones is at his songwriting best on this Mm -hmm. record it's fucking incredible it's uh that is an album i bought no less than three times i think i i I can count again just on cds alone i've had at least three copies well and i also had the the 25th anniversary edition which had the the vanilla tapes uh, backer. Mm-hmm. So there's four copies on CD, sure. two on vinyl, at least one on cassette. Plus, mm-hmm. of course, the digital download that I have now. So, right. yeah, again, it was on my list. Damn. Well, Damn and, 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 and two, I mean, the, the last Testament, the, the, of course, the, the documentary that goes along with the making of it is just one of my favorite things right. to sit down and watch while I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's uh, just great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All of this to say, one thing that we never addressed is, um, if we're on this desert island, what's powering the CD player? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a solar-powered device. Okay. Guy. All right. Good. 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 Okay. Okay. Thank you, Professor. 
it's a, it's an old hand crank, uh, you know, <laughs> monophone thing. Do you do you have bright lights on Victrola? <laughs> They're all like last well, the the old wax cartridges. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like the second day they melt. <laughs> oh no. You're just fucked. That's it. Coconuts for dinner again. This sucks, man. <laughs> but at least I've got Mahler. <laughs> <laughs> There's your title. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, right. And I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll get some feedback here. We'll see what you guys want to hear more of. But uh, I think this is finally the format me and Todd have settled on. So if you have ideas for what kind of uh, categories you'd like us to to venture down. because I mean, this is obviously a pretty broad range. Um, and, and you can also do stuff that doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, like, think, like I don't know, you're, like five baseball players for a desert island. Like, they, no, it's completely illogical. But then you've got to sit there and think about what kind of skill set would Henry Aaron bring to the desert island? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Top five slaps in movies. <laughs> if I was going to get hit repeatedly yes. over and over and over Which again. Which slap is it? I mean, come on. It's, it's Andy McDowell and Groundhog Day, right? I mean, that's... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that'll wrap it for our uh, our first uh, Shane and Todd's or Todd and Shay's or whatever. Yeah. The fucking Desert Island's. The, the, the companion to the uh, to the regular crow pod. And I think David's going to come back Tuesday and uh, tell us why we're all wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course, by then, I'm no sure question. our list will have changed, and I'll mm-hmm. have, uh, well, four different albums because physical graffiti never leaves the list. Right. So. right. <laughs> and I'm just going to do, oh, no, it's Devo, and work my way backwards. <laughs> so it's fine. I had someone one time, like, you're just going to have the first five Zeppelin albums. I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because I can't put physical graffiti on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I wouldn't be as happy as I could be. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, Todd, thank you for joining me. This has been fun. Pleasure is mine as always. Of course, Todd, you can always find on Twitter at hates TBA, and you can find his comedy album Butterflies. He says buy it on iTunes because they actually pay him, or just listen to it on Spotify on repeat for the That's next right. uh, thirty eight years. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, if you don't mind. I'll, I'll, by that time, I'll get a buck and a quarter. So. <laughs> that'll be a buck and a quarter you didn't have today, son. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. Uh, and of course, me, Shane, you can always find on Twitter, avoid. Me and Todd will be back with David on Tuesday for your regular Crow Pod activities. Uh, so join us there. I do believe this show is going to stay behind the paywall. Um, so, you know, if, if you listen to it and you like it and you think somebody else might like it, tell them to, to go sign up for Heart and Hand for at least, was it like the $1.99? Or a two so, pound yeah. subscription, yeah. whatever the hell the cheapest mm-hmm. one is. So, sure. Um, yeah. And you'll get this. Plus, uh, hopefully, my next uh, history bullshit in the Shane Sagas thing, I'm, I'm still trying to get done, but I'm, I'm a perfectionist <laughs> asshole and it takes me for fucking ever. So, great. God. But that will do it. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. He was born in Oklahoma. His wife's name Betty Lou Thelma Liz He's not responsible for what he's doing Cause his mother made him what he is And it's up against the wall Redneck mother Mother
Yeah. 